Jasmine, that's one of those wow moments. Anybody who's not seen saying wow? If you're new, Orbit Performing Arts Academy meets in our mezzanine level. I didn't say basement today. Chris Hall is a co-founder of Bill and Kay's oldest son. And Catherine, how long have you been going to Orbit? Two years. Um, I don't know if they can teach you anymore. I'm, I'm not trying to get it to go. Who's your voice teacher? Jason. Jason. Jason's son before is her voice teacher. Catherine, thank you. A basketball in my hands, and there's friends in this room that have seen me with a basketball in my hands, and they would agree with this statement. It is worth around $40, the price of the basketball. I add no value to a basketball. In the hands of LeBron James, it is worth a great deal more. A football in my hands is worth the price of the football. In Tom Brady's hands, it's worth an inflated price. <laughs> At an auction a few years back, a glove belonging to Michael Jackson, remember the one glove, I don't remember which hand he wore it on, one of those gloves sold for $70,800. One of Elvis's guitars, a Martin D28, sold for $106,200. A bullwhip used by Harrison Ford in the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade brought in $56,000. You remember the JFK auction several years ago? A set of golf clubs sold for $772,000. His desk brought $1.3 million. Books from his library brought on average $7,000 apiece. If you Google record prices of relics and things autographed by people, you find an interesting list from signed baseballs, some documents. The top couple in 2010 assigned Abraham Lincoln's signed copy of the Emancipation Proclamation sold for $3.7 million. A copy of the book Acts of Congress owned and signed by George Washington sold for $9.8 million in 2012. To many in this world, some things are given worth because they were once owned by somebody of fame or of infamy. That belonged to Elphaz. So and so signed this copy of my book. Historic buildings are recognized in our country evidently just because George Washington slept. In Lebanon, Ohio, Jeannie Navit at the Golden Lamb, it's a historic inn and restaurant that boasts that 13 presidents have visited their establishment. And so they are famous. The association with celebrity or fame can change the worth of an item. And today we're going to celebrate the fact that our association with God changes everything. Let's pray together. 
Lord, when we got up this morning and headed this way, I'm not sure what we thought about our worth. What we thought about our value. But Father, your word tells us we are priceless. Of great worth. And we will celebrate that today. And we will also celebrate the fact that so are others. And we should treat them as such. In Jesus' name. The U.S. Bureau of Chemistry and Soils invested many a hard-earned tax dollar in calculating the chemical and mineral composition of the human body. And here it is. Beginning at 65% oxygen, this is after we're gone, and then the carbon and hydrogen and nitrogen down to magnesium and iron and iodine. That's what we are composed of. Additionally, it was discovered that our bodies contain trace elements of fluorine and manganese and zinc and silicon, maybe that's Hollywood, and copper and aluminum and arsenic. And together, all of those add up to about a dollar. One dollar. That at least I know I'm worth. There are other estimations. If you could sell your bone marrow or your DNA or your organs, the prices but as Christians, when we encounter God, our worth becomes astronomical. You've been touched by God if you're a believer, and that has changed everything. I've heard that the value uh, of something is the price that someone is willing to pay. You've heard that before? You ask somebody, what's it worth? And they say, well, it just depends on what somebody's willing to pay. Think about what was paid for you. 1 Corinthians 6.20, the first part says this, For you were bought with a price. If you know the story of God, what was the price? The very life of Jesus Christ himself. Staggering thought, you are worth the life of Jesus Christ according to God. Romans 5.8 says this, God shows his love, great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, while we were still sinners, Christ came for us sinners. You're worth his life. John 3.16, and maybe the reason it's one of the verses that we make children learn the first is because it's so encompassing of the great news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave his son. So you are worth Jesus' And you are worth Jesus' death. And he says, you're worth spending eternity with him. So know your value. Don't let the world tell you what you are worth. I find it very interesting that we're very quick to disqualify ourselves. We say things like, or you've heard, you know, I've done too much. I I've been too bad. God can't love me. And if we get to that point in our lives, and you've either been there or dealt with somebody who is there, we forget in Scripture the lives that were so messed up that God turned around and gave great mercy. Noah was a drunk that God used. Abraham was a chronic liar and God used him. Sarah was a liar and laughed at God's promise that God used her. 
Jacob was a manipulator and God and liar, and God used him. Moses was a murderer and had a problem with anger, and God used him. Rahab was a prostitute, and God used her. Samson ran with wild women, and God still used him. David was an adulterer and a murderer and a not-so-great father, and God used him. Jonah was a reluctant servant with prejudice issues who threw a temper tantrum, and God still used him. And that's just part of the Old Testament. Those messes became lives that we still celebrate today. If I take out a $20 bill, do the math for me quickly, what's it worth? You're with me so far. All right, now watch this. I've crumpled it up. What's it worth? All right. I've thrown it on the floor, and I've stepped on it and flattened it out. What's it worth? Every time, if I wrote on it, it'd be worth dipped it in $20. You're right. I think there's a lesson there that's important for us about our own lives. No matter how many times we are dropped and crumpled and ground in the dirt and left in the mud by the bad, poor decisions we have made and the circumstances that have come our way, and no matter if we feel worthless, we're still worth the life of Jesus. It doesn't matter how we feel. When Kay came in this morning and she said, she knew the sermon, the title, You're God's Masterpiece. She said, David, sometimes I don't feel like a masterpiece. Can you relate to Kay? Sure you can. I doubt any of us woke up this morning going, yeah, when God made me, he did a great day. <laughs> I doubt we woke up that way. But scripture says, you're a masterpiece. You know, there's nothing that I can do to make God me, God love me anymore. It is fixed. Dirty or clean, crumpled or creased, you are priceless. A priceless, timeless truth. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're headed. It talks about our lives going from really not much to something very special. The first three verses talk about our lives before Christ. Once you were dead, separated from God, because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, He's a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Basically, we were doomed, we're told in these first three verses. But I love how verse 4 starts. But God. But God did something. Look what he did. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace 
that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead, along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So from the realm of the dead to the heavenly realms. So God can point to us in all future ages of examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. It's shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So we'll stop there. We've got a funeral today at 2 o'clock. And the son was talking about his father who's the deceased. And he said, Dad was a real humble man. But he did some great things. He was an architect and did some things that were just fabulous and helped out a lot of people. And I said, I'll tell you what, I don't want to embarrass your dad in, in bragging on him. Let me promise you this. I'll brag on Jesus more than I brag on your father. And he said, yeah, that'll work. That's okay. And that's exactly what is happening here. God can point to us in all future ages and examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So those verses are talking about the turnaround from death to life. But I love verse 10. And it's talking about you. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Got a video about this you need to see. I've heard it. You've heard it. It's time for a new beginning. Time to start a fresh page or paint a new picture of our life. Sounds great in theory, but it can seem impossible. Life is messy. The lines have gotten blurred. Maybe we just don't know where to start. We look at the canvas of our lives and see mistake after mistake after mistake. It's overwhelming. When I look at my life with these messy lines and scribbles, it makes me think, is this as good as it gets? There's no eraser that can make this life make sense. But what if? What if there was someone that could make sense of our mess? They can take all our scribbles, all our mistakes, all our missed opportunities, and make them into a masterpiece. And then I remember, there is Jesus. He gives us a new life. Every day is new. Every day is a blank canvas full of possibility and promise. He takes our canvases, our lives that have been filled up with shortcomings, secrets, tragedies, and embarrassments, and he helps them make sense. When I look at the canvas of my life and I see nothing but disorder and chaos, I have to remember this. 
God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. And you know what? He wants to take my hand and bring peace to the canvas of my life. So as we seek to make our mark, let us give God all our scruples, all our mistakes, all our hurts, and trust that he will turn our messy lives into a masterpiece. His masterpiece. Yeah, they're God's peace of work. Yeah, they are. Let's pray. 